Hey, Jason Rogers here, and check out this view real quickly. It's a beautiful day out here. I'm taking a little bit of time, making a couple of calls here, and actually between those calls, I wanted to shoot this video for you, talking about the SBA, talking about financing and acquisition, and specifically talking about the deal structure that I recommend for doing a deal through the SBA. I'll cut right to it, and then we'll talk about why this works and how to really find the right lender to help you do your deal. But first of all, the structuring I recommend would be a 95-5 structure. And what this means is 90% of the money is gonna come from the SBA, 5% is gonna come from cash, either your own or an investor's, and then 5% is gonna come from seller's equity. This does work, though you have to find the right lender for it. Now, firstly, Let's use the example of the $1 million acquisition for the numbers are easiest in this case study. So a $1 million acquisition, right? What this means with the 95-5 model is firstly, you're going to look for $900,000 in finance from the SBA or from a lender that is working in concert with the SBA, to be more specific. You're then going to need $50,000 of cash, good old-fashioned greenbacks. You're going to need $50,000 as a down payment, and you're going to need $50,000 in a seller second. Now, that seller second, notably, cannot be paid off at all for the life of the first position SBA loan, which means you cannot pay that seller back anything until the deal is completely handled on the financing front, meaning you have to completely either refinance out your SBA note or you need to pay out your SBA note in full. Now, as a side note, SBA notes are usually on a 10-year fully amortizing term. They're usually at about 2.5% above prime. Right now, that puts an SBA note on a first position at around 6% on a 10-year AM. So you can do the math as far as what your financing costs would be accordingly. But ultimately, that, that 95-5 structure is the most aggressive structure that I'm aware of. And in my opinion, it is the very most aggressive structure that exists for getting a deal done. It indeed does require 5% money down. But in the scheme of things, if you have a hot deal, that's very easy to fundraise. Or if you have some net worth yourself, then you can put in the money yourself. I've already made videos on the YouTube channel here talking about how to find capital, how to find investor greenbacks, how to find investment for your deals. But at any rate, the 95-5 structure... The key with the 95-5 structure is you need to find a lender that does not create extra restrictions on top of what the SBA has as their initial restrictions. And candidly, this will require you to call about 50 banks to find about three or four lenders that have the appetite for the deal. Or, you know, and, and when I say the appetite for the deal, I mean the appetite for the deal on a 95-5 structuring. A lot of lenders are looking for 10% down and then maybe they'll add another seller second. So they're doing it about 85% leverage. There's a lot more lenders that'll do 80% SBA finance and then require 10 or 15% down cash and then another five or 10% seller second. No, Find, do the 95-5 structure. It's just easier, it's better. It basically requires less down payment. Now, of course, this is all contingent on you having a hot deal. I, I say this in all my videos and I want to say it here in this one because obviously if your deal isn't hot, then this, this isn't going to happen, right? A lender will stress test your deal and hopefully you're stress testing your deal. You're investigating it. You're doing the due diligence. You're doing a site visit. You're analyzing the financials. You're interviewing the top techs or the top GMs or the managers of the company that you're looking to buy. You're doing all these things. You're analyzing the local marketplace. You're analyzing Rather, the population is growing in the metro that you're buying the business in. You're analyzing whether the revenues and the profits are growing versus decreasing. Of course, you're hoping they're increasing. You're doing all these things to do the due diligence. And of course, you're being very discerning as a buyer. Buyer beware, always. But that all said, assuming you have a hot deal, now let's talk about getting it done. And again, as I referenced prior, you want to make calls to all the lenders within gosh, a 300-mile radius of the deal. And you can also look for national SBA lenders. We've actually had great success with 
uh, national SBA lenders, and we now have a pipeline with a number of lenders who are willing to finance our deals with a 95-5 structure. Now, don't be dissuaded. If you call 25 different SBA lenders, you will have some that will tell you that the SBA requires 10% down. And that's not true. Bluntly, do your own SBA homework. Go on the SBA.gov or whatever the heck the website name is, and you can find for yourself that indeed they do allow seller second as equity. The key is, is yes, you need 10% equity in the deal to buy it, but does that need to all be cash? No. 5% of that 10% requirement can indeed be a seller second if it meets the requirements we already discussed prior in this video, meaning the seller doesn't get paid out at all for the life of the first note, the first position SBA note. So that's really what I recommend as a structure. And again, I always recommend you guys use bank local. This works great in the United States. Bank local, if you put in a metro where you're looking to get a deal financed, it'll show all the local banks within a 100 mile or a 50 mile radius of that, that epicenter. And then you just go through each of the websites for all these different banks and you find which ones are SBA pre-approved or SBA you know, integrated, if you will, because not all lenders are SBA integrated, but there are obviously a, a plethora of lenders that are SBA integrated. And then once you find all the lenders that are SBA integrated, you call all of them. And A, I'm gonna ask what their geographic lending footprint is, meaning are you lending in the area where I'm trying to buy this business? Yes, hopefully. Are you in a lending mode? Firstly, that's the obvious question of questions. You, that, you ask that right out of the gate. Look, are you in a lending mode with the SBA 7 program? Or the 7A program, right? Whatever it is. Are you in a lending mode with the SBA 7 program? And if they are, great. Are you able to lend on a deal located here in Oklahoma City, in Timbuktu, in Los Angeles, in Boston, what have you, wherever your deal is, right? Assuming they are able to lend in that area, my next question is, do you have any extra restrictions or requirements on top of the SBA guidelines that you are mandated to follow through your bank? Meaning, does your bank create extra hurdles for me to jump over on top of what the SBA has? And many lenders do have those extra hurdles. Again, they require 20% down, even though the SBA only requires a legitimate 5% down. Right? They require X or Y or Z, even though the SBA doesn't require those things. So if I ever hear a bank that has any of those extra requirements on top of what the SBA requires, I literally just get off the call and never call them back. And I put a big, you know, how you, the strike through thing on the Word doc or on the Pages doc, I just strike through that lender. Nope, cross it off the list. No, thank you. I'm not interested. I don't want to work with a lender that has extra requirements, that, that creates extra roadblocks or extra hurdles for me. I'm just not interested. Why would I want to work with a lender that's making my life more difficult? Banking is a service-based service business. They're customer-centric. They should be customer-oriented. Customer and if they're not, then I don't want to work with them. I don't want to work with a banker that has extra restrictions, right? So that's how I vet bankers pretty bluntly, and that allows me and my team to, to get down to the bottom of things pretty darn quickly. But then from there, I like to narrate our deal over a number of weeks, if not even months, before I ever put in a loan request for, for, for a deal. So what this means is if I am looking at a deal, like we've been looking at a deal in Oklahoma City, we've looked at a couple of deals in Florida, Historically, we did a deal, obviously, in, in Omaha, Nebraska, near Omaha, Nebraska, right? So in any of these cases, when I'm looking at a deal, I will call all the lenders in the local area and I'll obviously go through the weeds or an individual within my team that I've, I've trained several people to, to do what I do now and to call lenders and to, to vet out the bad lenders from the good ones, right? We'll call all the lenders in the area. 80% of the lenders aren't going to work, but maybe 5 or 10 or 20% of the lenders that we call actually do play ball via the SBA with the 95.5 structure. And once I figure out that they indeed play ball, I will narrate ourselves, our group, our investment thesis, the deals we're looking at, things we watch out for, things we're discerning of, things we're skeptical of, how we analyze tax returns. We will do the narrating of our vetting process. We will narrate our vetting process in our general process of going through analyzing deals to the lender 
and we will update a lender every two to four weeks. And after you narrate you know, your process to a lender two to three to four times over a phone call or even via email, they will get a lot more comfortable with you because as you're able to show in real time how you actually show a high level of discernment for only buying the very best companies, a, a lender will get a lot more comfortable with you, especially an aggressive lender that does do deals at you know, the 95-5 structuring uh, you know, ratio. That, that's, that's a lender that's aggressive. And so when they find a, uh, a person who's looking for finance, who shows discernment, they get really interested and want to do a deal with you. And that's the position we're grateful to find ourselves in right now. The only thing that's holding back us not doing a, a deal in either the plumbing or the utility sector, respectively, is simply, one, this, this virus has slowed thing, th things down a little bit as far as procuring and finalizing finance because of the PPP. But besides that, it's mainly just been we've been doing intense due diligence because that's how we operate. As I've talked about in prior videos, I'd rather buy a great company than a good company. And you have to do due diligence and a lot of it to ensure that you're buying the right company. But at the end of the day, this is the best way, in my opinion, to get deals done. You know, you find some capital. For us right now, we have a minimum of 100000 that we're playing with, and we may have more. We're speaking with uh, a white-collar professional who's thinking about investing with us as well. Right, so we at least have 100000 we know we have access to, and we may have more. And with 100000 in capital, we can ostensibly buy at least $2 million, uh, a $2 million company, right? Because, you know, 20 times 100 is, is $2 million. So that's how we're doing it, and that's really what I would recommend for you. With that, I'm curious to hear what your questions are as far as getting deals financed. And let me say one other thing as well. When you're gonna go in to get a deal financed, don't dress like this, okay? I'm in the middle of this pandemic, and obviously I'm out here on a lake, so uh, I'm dressed a little differently. But if I'm gonna go speak with a lender, I'm dressed in a suit and a tie, always, always, always. I'm wearing matching uh, shoes to my belt, black and black usually. I'm dressed conservatively, I'm dressed professionally, and obviously that goes a long way. You want to look the part and you want to take it seriously. You know, dressing up appropriately shows that you're serious about the responsibilities that do come with procuring acquisition financing in the seven figure range. So obviously, obviously you want to show up in that way. But otherwise, what questions do you have? Drop them in the comments below. If you've liked this video, throw it some love. And if you've yet to, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel for more M&A and real estate as well as just business buying content. That's all I ever talk about here and I love it and I'm living it and we're in the trenches and I would love for you to join and to be a part of the community that we're building. We also have a great Facebook group. I think the link is gonna be below if you wanna join there as well. We have over 1,200 strong and we just started that thing at the beginning of 2020. We've already added over 1,000 people in just a couple of short months. Gosh, by the time you're seeing this video, maybe it'll be 10,000 or more, who knows? But be sure to join that group to join a group full of other acquisitions entrepreneurs and with that, I will talk to you in the next video.